Hey, everybody. Welcome to Intention is Everything. We are excited to be back with you just a week after our last one. Um, I am Karen Frazier, and with me, as always, my co-host, Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Good. You know, I got to tell you, your hair is looking pretty good for not being able to get a cut or anything. I <laughs> you know how long it took me to do this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am so ready for a haircut. I cannot even tell you. Maybe a little color. Okay, I'll just be honest. <laughs> yeah, I use this root touch-up spray only when I'm going to be on camera like this. I don't use it the rest of the time, and I'm I'm starting to use more and more of the can every time I have to use it. It's time to start conserving. I may be doing that soon. <laughs> oh well. Hey, have you had a good week? Yeah, yeah. It's been a really great week. Um, we, it's been relatively quiet around here, so, uh, we'll take that. What about you? How was your week? Good week. Yay. And yeah. I'm super excited that, and you know, I did promise last time that probably this next show was just going to be me eating ice cream and crying. <laughs> I'm happy to report that that's probably put off for another week. I've made it. Congrats. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> no, and I'm really super excited about our guest today. Um, so our guest is, uh, you know, I didn't even ask. I'm assuming it's, is it, Mc, Craig, is it McMahon or McMahon? Just McMahon. McMahon. Okay. I should have asked before. Sorry about that. So our guest is Craig McMahon, and he is a filmmaker, and he is responsible for um, a, a great Amazon Prime show that you can watch right now called Life to Afterlife. Craig, welcome to Intention is Everything. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, sorry about my dog. That's just gonna happen. It's it is yeah, what it is in this day and age, right? He's he's protecting us from the neighbors' toddlers because that's important. <laughs> so so I know that um Cheryl, you have uh just a ton of questions for Craig. And so I'm actually I've talked a little bit with Craig on and off over the last couple of weeks. Um and so and I know you just watched Life to Afterlife. I died now. What is that? Did I get it right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, I know that you're ready to go. So I'm just going to be quiet for a few minutes and let you ask him your questions. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to Craig today because after watching the documentary um, and there's three right now, is that correct, Craig? Three different uh, to afterlife. There's four. Four. Um, but the fourth one is, uh, there's some there's some delays with uh, Amazon with their uh, publishing right now because of the COVID. Okay. So it's it's been a delay, but it's on Vimeo. I think there's a link for Vimeo. The 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 other day I watched Life to Afterlife. I doubt I died. Now what? And it was really compelling. It really resonated to me, and I have so many questions though after <laughs> after watching it and in a way it answered a lot of questions for me but then it brought up more questions well, and, that's great i you know the you talk to quite a few spiritual mediums or psychic mediums or you know um what, whatever they want to be called but um they all really surprisingly to me had a lot of the same experiences in their communications with the afterlife and their right. knowledge. And I thought that that was 
kind of amazing. Um, I don't know why I didn't expect it. I just, I didn't expect it. And then once, you know, they were all, you know, interviewed separately, but then they're all kind of communicating the same type of vision or um, experiences with the afterlife. And so to me, you directly answered one of life's most common questions, which is, why are we here? And what's our purpose? And it came down to something very simple. And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. And basically, we're living the human existence because we're, we're, we're going to, I think they rec- they called it soul school. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, what it, what is your take on the soul school and basically why we're going through the existence of the human experience? Um, well, the, uh, the second one, I died now, what talks about what happens when we, when we pass and where do we go? What, uh, what should we expect? And we come to the, the main question of the life review and, uh, the life review is directly responsible for what we do here on this planet, which is illustrated in the third episode, which is tragedy by design. And um, so when you take into consideration the life review, which is basically a recording of what you did, all the choices you made, whether it was you know, through free will, uh, you're responsible for what you do here on the planet. And um, so when you, when you understand there's a life review, you start to become more conscious of how you live your life and the things that you do. Uh, you know, when you, when you start to take into consideration compassion, uh, you know, the divine virtue, you know, you really, you really make a different choices in your life. I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, yeah. You yeah. So, so what was the, the main question? Um, basically, a lot of, not a lot of people, many people that I talk to are like, why are, why are we here? Why, what's the purpose? Why would, if there's, um, you know, one source, one God or what have you, why would they have us here living the human experience when there's so much pain and there's so much turmoil and why would we'd be going through that. And it's kind of what I was, yeah. Well, in the afterworld, um, you know, we can go to school. So let's just take what it's like in school here. You go to university, you go to school, it's all academia, it's all in book. And, uh, but to actually immerse yourself into the earthly experience, you know, experience. And uh, we learn very fast, faster than we can in the afterworld. Uh, school. I mean, it's you can you can read about it, you can talk about it, but actually living out those roles is where you really learn. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. The uh, the pain thing uh, is the best way for us to learn uh, because it really it really solidifies the experience. And unfortunately, Earth is known for joy and pain. And that's how we learn is through those two uh, 
and they just, there's not a lot of places uh, out there that, that have that, that modality. So it's a great place to learn through immersion, to experience. Let's say, uh, and I believe that we all choose some of these adversities. And I believe in a pre-birth plan. So if you're in the afterlife and your parents aren't born yet, and you're having a conversation with your soul group, and you say, I want to I wanna have you as my dad, and I want you to be my kid. I know this sounds crazy. Uh, but I also want to experience what it's like to have cancer. <laughs> and I know probably a lot of people are going to be a little shaken by that. I'm probably going to rattle some cages. Do we actually choose some of these sicknesses? Well, these sicknesses, what comes out of them? A lot of pain, of course. Not just take away the pain. But we learn we learn enormous courage. We, we, we learn an empathy that we never had before. We have compassion. So... We've learned. It's 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 a tough it's a tough place to learn this Earth School, but we learn fast. So, do you think we come back more than once? Then, I mean, are we one and done, or with the mediums that you've worked with and the stuff that you've worked with in your filmmaking? Um, what seems to be the consensus? Are we coming back, or are we doing this once? Well, from what I understand, when you take on a big challenge like empathy, let's just say you're going to take on empathy, it could span over a couple lifetimes or it could happen in six months. It depends on the soul, really, the choices we make. So, yeah, we could come back. And uh, it's best to uh, do the best we can. Let's say we're working on, I don't know, patience, I don't know, whatever, do the best you can to take on those challenges. And you'll be presented with a lot of things that will test your challenge. I mean, your, your patience. And there you are. Okay. No, that makes total sense. So apparently my, my challenge in this lifetime was to learn to deal with narcissists. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a similar situation. I, I had a real trouble with uh, indignation. I don't like to see other people abused. I don't like to see people uh, harmed in any way. And it came into judgment and uh, all that stuff. So I really, that's a tough one. Um, I hate to see another person being harmed or I get real angry. Uh, and there, there's, a, there's a situation. I've allowed myself to get angry, you know, so. Well, I get it. I mean, and, and I actually agree with that take on things. I think that that's exactly why we're here is that, and I, I agree with you about the pre-life plan that we, we set it up for ourselves. I think that we miss some of the things we set up for ourselves, but I definitely think we, we set it up for ourselves and the probabilities are that we're going to encounter certain things in our lives. So you actually interviewed some pretty well-known mediums. I know that you, you talked to um, James, was it James Van Prague? No. Yes. Yeah. You talked to James Van Prague and you talked to, um, oh shoot. John Holland. Yeah. Suzanne Giesman, uh, Maureen Hancock, Allison Dubois. Yeah. Um, and then um, Suzanne Wilson. Uh, it's hard for me to remember. Yeah. But you talked, I mean, so you talked to some people that are extremely accomplished and well-known in the field. 
was, oh, yeah. was there anything in your communications with them that you found really surprising or that you just, that was like flipped a switch for you? You know, uh, I'm pretty well versed in spirituality. I, uh, I have a kind of a strange past. Uh, I had a brother killed in a car accident and then another one committed suicide. My mom opened up a hypnosis institute in Chicago and uh, both parents have passed. So I've always been a spiritual person. So when they were talking, I pretty much, I pretty much know all, knew what they were going to say. Um, but what, uh, what was interesting about the first documentary is what, when I interviewed 17 parents that lost children was this, uh, this thing where the parents become very dependent upon mediums. And the people that run the, uh, uh, this is Helping Parents Heal, people that run the organization, they they say it becomes like um, Botox. They they just feel like they, they need a fix all the time to talk to their kids. So they're always to a medium. And my, my thing is, go within, you can communicate with them um, on your own. And that was what the fourth one, uh, it's called... Uh, I want to talk to the dead. I think it's, yeah, that's what it's called. And I followed student mediums learning how to develop these abilities. And um, I, that's when it really clicked in my head was I said, you know, mediums are great to introduce us to the afterworld and get us to start. But then you need to take the training wheels off and start to communicate with within. So um, I think that's real important for us to recognize this spiritual time that we're in right now, that our abilities are enhancing. I know mine are, I'm sure you guys are feeling it the same. So what I've been told from my spirit team is we need to start trusting in ourselves and start communicating within uh, to God. Yeah, I like that you bring that up. So thank you for mentioning um, that because one of I do I do work as a medium as well, and I do readings and things. And one of the things that I'm always concerned about is that I don't want people to become dependent on me because I want them to rely on their own abilities. So thank you for mentioning that. I think that's super important. Yeah, I I, I think there's a place for, for mediums and psychics. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I don't sure. want to think we should replace it. But I think there comes time where we start to say, um, trust your intuition. That intuition could turn into a clairsentient before you know it. So um, I don't really ask. It's funny because everybody asks me, well, did you, what, when you were with those people, did they do a reading for you? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm okay with, I have my spirit team. Um, if I have a question, I ask them and they, in a day, usually they'll get back with me. <laughs> Sometimes it's three days, but I usually get the answer. And that's what I want to encourage people to do is to trust, trust themselves. We all have these abilities. We all do. It's just, they've really exercised that muscle. Like Don Holland had said, you got to do the work, you know, you got to exercise. And when you get messages directly with source, you have a knowing and there's a lot more that comes with it. You can just keep unpacking it. If you get a if you get a message from your own sort, you can really go, wow, I want to really open this up and see what's going on. When you get a message from a, a medium, 
they're human beings and they're going to put their opinions and feelings into it. But when you directly connect with source, that's huge. You know, that's really huge. So I'm wondering how can someone who's really not used to connecting with source do so? Do you have recommendations on where someone could start? Well, they could watch the fourth episode, which is following student mediums under the teacher. Um, and they would go through how meditation, how to, you know, I think really it comes down to, do you get a scent? Do you get a knowing? Do you hear a voice? Whatever Claire is there that you, that you somehow connect with, leverage that work with that and then the other players start to come in little by little uh you'd be surprised and ask for help ask your spirit team to help you develop these clairs because they're wonderful i mean so no i really didn't ask any of the mediums any uh psychic things for me because i already have my connection with and i love i love my team and so uh, meditation was important, uh, but you know, practicing kindness is kind of important because it raises your vibration. And when you raise your vibration, it's easier to hear things from the divine. I mean, if you could just pr start practicing kind, I know it's hard to walk into a grocery store and say, I need to love this guy. I'm gonna go give him a big hug. He's gonna think you're a weirdo. He's gonna probably slap you. So, um, I just say, hey, when you're in the grocery store and you've got a situation, try to try to work on the kindness thing. And that kindness thing is going to raise your vibration. Once you start raising your vibration, you're going to start connecting. And all of a sudden, the different clairs are going to start coming. You know, so watch the, the fourth one. <laughs> and the vibrational levels, it's a really important part of life and afterlife, right? increasing your i mean that isn't that what it's all about is increasing your vibrational levels so you're more you bring more light and you get closer to the source the ultimate source right i mean that's why we're doing this right right if you live in fear anger judgment you're going to be vibrating at a very very low frequency and i don't care what loved one it is it's difficult to bring their energy to match down to that so why not bridge the gap, raise your vibration, because they have to come down to our slow, heavy vibration. So if you're, if you're angry and you're fearful, you're going to be vibrating really slow. If you're sad, depressed, and you're a very narcissistic, materialistic, you're going to get even slower vibration. Now it's even harder for spirit to communicate with you. So you just got to replace all those things with the common sense of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, practicing kindness at least. If you can't, you can't figure out how to wrap your head around love, uh, which is difficult for some, because we are, from birth, we're taught to to put up a, an armor. Uh, you know, I mean, there's books on being vulnerable. We talk about this all the time. We we basically put up a wall and we lose that love connection. And now it's even harder with all these devices. 
Yeah, and I, I, for me personally, over the past few years especially, I've been trying to, I'm not, it's not being more positive, it's living at a different intention level and trying to raise my vibrational level. And, you know, I'll get up in the morning and I'll be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to keep that level real high. And then I don't get very far into the day and that level is down at the bottom again. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. when I try, I can't seem to make it happen consistently. And I just, I, I, I need to work on that more. And maybe it's, you know, meditating or whatever my thing is, but I find it very difficult sometimes to do. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago that we used to say, oh, be positive, <laughs> you know, everything's going to be great, just be positive. And then you get this bill or somebody causes a problem for you and you're like, I'm not positive anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is difficult. That's why I, I love the whole kindness thing. And I did a lot of research on kindness and kindness is a really good place to start. And it actually reciprocates, or did I say that right? right? It actually uh, gets kindness back to you, you know? And then um, you're attracted to situations that you'll see more and more. I mean, you're a dark person and you uh, are in a lot of anger and judgment. You continue to uh, put yourself into situations that are going to be mirroring that. So, um, you know, it's. I think you guys know all this stuff. It's just uh, difficult. Uh, so I say start with kindness. I know everybody pushes the love thing, and 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 I think it's a great it's a great message because I'm I'm actually doing um episode with uh, near death experiencers, and they all come back with the same message, which is that we need to love each other down on Earth, and um, which is it just sounds so great, but it's difficult. What do you mean? You know, like I said about the grocery store guy, go in and give him a hug. Yeah, and the, the, you mentioned this this earlier um, in um, Life to Afterlife, I Died, Now What? You reviewed the life review process. And it basically, anything that you do in life affects someone else. And even the smallest thing, the smallest act of kindness, a, a smile, you know, hello, or, you know, a mean look or, you know, whatever, it's going to affect, it's going to ripple, you know, and it's, and it, it, it makes a big difference. And, it, and even if they're a stranger, something that you do could bring them way up or bring them way down. And, and I think that's really, you know, the mindfulness, kindness, keeping that in mind, even though it's very difficult at times, is, is yeah. really a good thing. I have a, uh actor a friend of mine he got real sick and uh this was before COVID. um he was gonna he was about ready to die and um felt the simple hey uh how you doing he says i'm in the hospital I, uh I, i've got septic septic this uh not very well so i started communicating with him and uh, and you need anything let me know and uh this went on about three months so I just talked to him recently. I said, um, have you heard from your friends? And he said, no, nobody really looked in on me. And I felt like 
thank God I did. Thank God I, I connected with them because I know that's going to be a better life review for me, that I'll be able to see that I actually made him feel that I care. You know, I'm worried about you. Uh, but his closest friends didn't even bother calling. I like, wow. Life review is going to see that ripple effect of him crying or whatever. I don't even know what happens. But these things do matter. And it's difficult for us to say, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so busy. I don't have time to go see him. Or, you know, he'll be fine. You know, and it's uh, just, it, it's just amazing how lost that human uh, connection. Well, you know, I think the other thing is is that I think that people um, don't necessarily see the impact of what they do on other people uh, because I don't think that we tend to tell each other, hey, this mattered to me and this meant something to me. And so I wonder, do you think that people think, well, why bother? And that's part of why people aren't kinder is because they're not seeing the impact of that? Now, now, now comes in the reason why I'm doing this series is to get people to be responsible for their actions. And I'm not to scare people into, oh, you're going to go to hell if you don't be nice. I'm just saying people aware that there is a thing called the life review. Of course, you're not going to be judged. No one's going to you know, beat you up. But I think you will be disappointed in your performance. And I look at it like this. Earth is a great school. Walk through around. You know, do the best you can with the short amount of time you're here we look at it like eight years like wow that's a long time in the afterworld it's like a clap of uh, thunder so fast but um so what the series what i'd like to do with the series is to get people to be a little more compassionate towards each other and a little bit more uh loving kindness all that trope stuff you know uh but it's uh i know it sounds trope and for a guy like me, it does sound kind of trope when I say, you know, you should just be, you know, kinder. It sounds kind of goofy, but it's true that, uh, and I want to ascend, you know, into a higher vibration once I even get to the afterworld. I mean, someday I'd love to be an ascended master. I, that would be so cool or get closer to the light. I don't know where I'm at, but I'm trying to do the best. Like I was a bad kid growing up. I did some stupid things and I've made some changes to uh, the things I do now. I remember I was dating a girl and she got me a birthday card and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I tore it up and threw it, not even tore it up. I just threw it in the garbage. And I still remember that to this day. I'm like, wow, that was cruel. You know, I'm not going to do that again, but I'm sure I'll see it in the life review, you know. Probably. Well, you know, I, I don't think anybody knows where we are. So. <laughs> I, you know, I has has anybody you've talked to said yes? I know exactly where I am in the whole grand spiritual thing, theme of things. I have no clue where I am. Well, you know, um, you know, you prompted a, a really interesting question, and uh, you know, I study a lot of the pre-birth plan, and it's not a rigid plan. I mean, it has plans A, plan B. If that doesn't work out, then you go to plan C. It's, it's but we set out to certain lessons that we want to learn but um you know you said uh, we really don't know where we're at you're right that's part of the whole it's uh self-induced amnesia 
um, if we knew the answers to the tests, we could flip to the back of the page and see all the answers. What's the purpose? So we need that amnesia to uh, have that uncertainty. But you can you can look into with the help of professionals in the spiritual field to find out more as to am I on track with my plan of what I set out to do. You can you can use you can work with people like 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 with you know Karen or, or somebody that can then communicate with uh, your uh, find out your plan where you were supposed to be. Sure, I think that that's probably true. And I did um, I did a life between lives hypnotherapy session, uh, yeah. which is really yeah. super cool, right? Uh, hopefully, you can do like a whole show about that at some point because yeah. it's an amazing process that hypnotherapists can work with people to do. And um, you know, part of that is the life review. They actually take you through. Well, it depends on the hypnotherapist. I was taken through the life review, and it was like a panel or something. And what they said to me is, well, you're doing better than you think. And since I thought I was doing a terrible job, I was really happy. Oh, but but I, I know, Karen, I know you are. I can feel it. I mean, oh, thank you. you do? Think about what you do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You, could be, you could, what did you do before this? Before this life or before no, what I do now? Uh, for for uh, a healer. I was a marketing communication specialist who wrote marketing documentation about operator interface terminals for industrial automation. Doesn't that sound thrilling? <laughs> no, but just think now where you're at now. You're literally healing souls, not just physical bodies. Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. If you think about what you do, you know. Oh, it's a gift. I mean, I'm I every day I am just absolutely incredibly grateful that I do what I do. I get to talk to people like you and that I get to have people reach out and ask me stuff. And hopefully, you know, because those people, the people who contact me or the people who watch your shows are reaching for light. That's what I believe. So I want to ask you about what you think about right now, because we're clearly in a really um unusual situation for humanity right now like you and I met because you wanted me to uh, do some stuff with one of your shows you're doing and we had to do it all yeah. <laughs> I mean, he got lots of frantic texts about I can't make this high death <laughs> oh lord anyway um so we're we're clearly um the messages that I've been getting is that we're in that this is an unprecedented opportunity for humanity um to grow and evolve. And the other messages I've been getting is that there are younger people than us, people born in an er later generation than than me at least, who are being born without some of that forgetting that you were talking about and some of those filters in place and then it's all coming together here now for a reason. So I'm curious as to what your take is on that or what you think is going on right now you know um i remember this conversation about this was going to happen in our our current time of 2020. i know that sounds weird but i said oh i want to be there for that enlightenment <laughs> kind of a dumb thing to do because it was a very painful situation but it is a a, an opportunity, and I don't know, maybe if the people listening to this have, have noticed 
uh, an enhancement on their abilities. Um, it's it's really supposed to have happened. And I know that uh, we want to blame it on humans, and, and I don't really like to put the word blame on anything. I think it's it's supposed to have happened, and it makes sense to me. And it's very difficult to see the forest for the trees. It We're going to understand it better. When we step away four or five years into the future, we'll be able to see, oh, I get it. That was a... That was a point in our time where there was uh, an enlightenment. And I think, I think we're going to see more telepathic communication, uh, more psychic awareness, more communication with children from the parents. I think we're going to see, because when I interviewed the 17 parents, I really didn't know that most of them were talking to their kids, um, which I think is a, is a fairly new thing for us. These are just average everyday people that are communicating with their children. Uh, that's bizarre. So I think we're gonna see a lot more of it. And a lot of the millennials, they're not really religious in any way. Uh, a lot of them are, are, I mean, think about when we were a kid, we, we, uh, we had abilities, you know, and then we learn how to, how to ignore those abilities, which is now we're just unwrapping the thing we just wrapped. So you had talked about soul bonds or soul contracts um, earlier. And Chad has a question from the chat room. He wants to know, do groups of souls decide to leave this plane at the same time, such as with the coronavirus? And if this is so, does it mean these events are preordained to happen? Well, from what I understand, and I'm trying to, speaking from some of the experts and anecdotal uh, evidence, apparently we choose these exit points of our life. I have a, a psychic medium friend that she's been doing it for 30 years. Her, her grandmother, her great grandmother and her mother were all psychic. She said, I know everybody's area of, of departure. I know their time, the date. She goes, I know the date when I'm going to die. And, and she said, do you want to know yours? And I said, no. Yeah. Wait, what? That stop right there. I don't know if I want to know that, but from what I understand, there are exit points, and I confirmed it with the parents because I asked some of the parents, if your child didn't die that day, do you feel that your child would have passed maybe a week later or a time before? And and they all agreed that the psychics told them that that yeah that's a very possibility like um. Elizabeth had said that her son would have been killed in a car accident two weeks later had he have not died in, um, I think he was in uh, China. So yes, I, as far as Corona, uh, from what I understand, there are a group of people that are going to perish with this deep-seated anger and stuff like that. And then the new people that are gonna go through uh, this challenge and uh, come out on the other side a little bit more enlightened. Um, so I don't know if I answered the question. I think that's, I think that that's true. I think what you're saying is very true. You know, Cheryl and I are both moms. We have adult children. Um, but you know, so the, the one with the parents whose children died, I have to imagine that that was equally 
equal parts painful for you to film and uplifting? Well, when um, when they originally approached me, they said we want to we'd like you to do a document, you know, an episode on these parents that have lost children. So I said, okay, well, let, let me in on one of the meetings. So I went to one of the meetings, and these people were all bloodshot eyes. They were in a mess. They they were your whole world was destroyed, and I was like, I don't get it. I, I don't I don't want to sensationalize this. This is not where I would go. And they said, no, no, wait a second. You need to meet certain people. And they call them shining light parents. And these are parents that have, through time, through counseling, through camaraderie, have figured out a way to get their life back together. I said, okay, that's 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 positive. I figure I can see how we could learn from them. They went through that kind of grief. We could learn from them how to do that. But then when they uh, talked about they were communicating with their kids, I said, uh, okay, now now I, I get it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I lost my dad two years ago. And um, I mean, and even though he has been communicating with me since about 30 seconds after he, well, I was in the room with him when he passed and I felt him go and I felt people come from and I felt them take him. I mean, so I had that experience um, and he's been communicating with me ever since then. He's communicated with me through people. He's communicated with me. He pulled my hair like five minutes after he died. So, you know, he's, but even with that, there's this misunderstanding that even though I understand that, 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 I should grieve less because my dad's not in my life. So do you think that these parents who are communicating with their kids, do you think that they, that they felt any, because I felt a lot of judgment for myself about um, how much I was grieving, even though I was still having these conversations with my father and, and experiencing him almost physically. Um, so do you think that these parents who have lost their kids, do you think that there's a, a level of judgment about, about their level of grief? Do you think that we, we yeah. judge ourselves for that? You know, um, that was another surprise in the, in, the, in, the, in the interviewing process that I thought was amazing was that our society has a, has a paradigm of when your kid dies and then next week uh, she's out having a glass of wine and laughing, she must not love her child. So as a culture... We've set it up so they're supposed to be miserable. They're supposed to be dark. They're supposed to be depressed. They're supposed to grieve. And I understand grieving is part of the process. But there, there comes a time where when the parents decided to allow themselves to laugh, three months later, they laughed again. Uh, a year later, somebody offered them a glass of wine. They turned it down. Two years later, someone offered them a glass of wine. They said, all right, I'll do it. I'll, I'll have a glass of wine. And when they found themselves having a good time, they reflected and they thought, how dare I have a good time knowing my kid was out in that forest dead. That it's, so they immediately shut down. So what, what, what the kids told me, the kids in the afterlife, they, they want their parents to have experience love, experience joy and happiness. And it's almost like they made a point to making that clear, concrete in their head. Don't 
think about, I even had one parent say, you're going on about the 900. And I was like, the 900? Yeah, the, the one parent goes over how my kid died 900 times and the kid just said, stop it. It's not how I passed. It doesn't matter. I'm in a good place. So the parents that were actually having a good time, <laughs> oh, that sounds weird. The parents that were actually able to experience happiness and enjoy themselves again were communicating more than the others. So I think our paradigms in our culture is set up wrong. It's set up like your kid died. You're supposed to be miserable. You're not supposed to laugh. What's wrong with you? I mean, you see it on TV. You see an interview, a parent, a couple, you know, they'll, they'll, their kids was killed and they're interviewing them. They, sometimes it's shock, you know? So your relationship with your loved one, whether that be your child or someone else, a friend or family member, doesn't necessarily have to end when they die. I'm not sure I understand. So and basically, we, so society has put those those preconceived notions about how you should act when your loved one dies. But we don't have to. We don't have to end that. We're, we still have a connection, even when they're not here physically. So the idea is to keep up that relationship in some way. Is that yeah. well? The parent. What the parents were doing was whenever the child had a birthday party. They actually bought a cake, mm -hmm. and they also had they they had also about their child. Everybody it was a celebration, and what the mediums told me, the kids were there, and they love that stuff. And it's important to coexist. It is, and and it, it, it it's it just doesn't sound normal. Like, who are these people? Crazy? They're having a birthday party for the kids. Kids dead. I don't. But the kid loves it. The kid, the kid, um, our loved ones, our moms, our sisters, our brothers, our our spouses, they they want us to enjoy. They love it when we talk about them, and 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 it, they love that. They they that's so weird. So they, it's a good idea to have a coexistence. I know that sounds really difficult for us to even imagine, but if you just put that out there. That I want to, I want to, I want to have a relationship with you. Maybe not quite like what it was here on Earth, but I want to, I want to coexist with you, and I want to have a relationship with you. It will precipitate more and more and more communication. Like, like Karen. I mean, I think that's amazing that your dad's all around you. Yeah, yeah, he's here a lot. I mean, and yeah, it's it's incredible and i i feel so incredibly blessed that i have been able to recognize that from the moment he died from before when he was dying i was able to recognize that that was what happening and he was here um where for instance my mother who was married to him for 50 something years doesn't have the same set of beliefs that i do and so she's not ever been able to continue that relationship which is really hard to see because he he is there with her all the time uh, um, we think that they're not witnessing all these wonderful things that are happening in our life, but they are right there with us, cheering us on. And um, you'll all hear, we'll all hear about it. I was there, yeah. like my daughter when she finished medical school. I knew my all my family members were were there. I mean, it was uh, it was a big deal. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and I, knowing what I know, I still find myself slipping into thought patterns. Like my nephew was supposed to get married in Las Vegas this month, but it didn't happen because, you know, but as we were planning the trip and planning the wedding and the whole family to be there, my first thought was, Oh, that's so sad that my, my dad's not going to be there. And then I thought, <laughs> yes, he would be. <laughs> so, or yeah. So, Craig, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because I know in the couple times we've talked, um, you've mentioned that you get a lot of flack from certain groups who are less than happy with the work that you're doing. And I, I just kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit and why you think that is and, and what could help so that you could because you're doing great work and you're spreading the word. So what can people do to help? to sort of quiet that noise and, and help you in, in your mission? Well, one thing I've noticed about the, the series is that there could be people that could watch it and go, oh, that was, that was so awesome. I loved it. And then they, they do laundry. They go on with their life. They go to work. They, they forget about it. But if somebody is, uh, let's say, an atheist or a scientist or a hardcore evangelical, they they feel threatened and they feel obligated to go on Amazon and give it a bad review, which is, that's the system we are. I'm in the mainstream public. And um, when you're in the mainstream public, you're gonna get everybody. Uh, I know that if I was to consider buying Karen's book, I know what it's about, you know, if I'm gonna purchase, but when you're on Amazon Prime, it's free. So it's just, they can just watch it. So what I'd like to encourage is if you find this series helpful or insightful or anything, take the time to give it a good review because uh, it really helps uh, make more of these programs happen. They make more and more conversation to happen. You know, you're, you're, more, you're more apt to give it a bad review if you're against it because you're an atheist then if you were you liked it you're not in, you're not inclined to give it a, you know you, you got other things to do and i get it so all i'm saying is as a community as a spiritual community we need to support each other we need to uh if you read a book give it a give it a good review um if you, if you see something you know give it a talk get out there and talk uh, about it and that will that will that will get us more and more programs and more conversations and there is no genre on netflix or hulu there isn't even a genre in amazon for spirituality tv shows it just it just it's not really there there's drama there's comedy there's acts westerns there's sci-fi there is a little bit of faith uh but it's like a sub sub genre so that's what i want to do i want genre of spirituality so it's particularly kinds of content if you want more content on on ethical trap life reviews and all these things support it support it as a community you know it's we got to support you i agree i thank you for saying that i absolutely 100 percent agree with you so let's talk about the series a little bit um because you have four but i know you have more planned so so outline the four and then also what you have coming and what you have planned. 
Okay, so uh, I'll try to do this quickly. The first one was uh, Mom Can You Hear Me? And that's the 17 parents who lost children, what they went through. The second one is I Died Now What? is where I ask psychic mediums, what, where do we go when we die? Uh, what's it all about? The third one is um, the, the, the pre-birth camp. That, uh, that whole idea, that, that's uh, Robert Schwartz uh, is the big proponent in that series, and that, I'm sorry, in that episode. The fourth one is following uh, psychic mediums, learning how to develop their abilities. And then five and six is going to be the near-death experiences and healers. Uh, so I'm really excited about those two. And I think the healer uh, episode is going to be great because from talking to you know, professionals like, like you, Karen, I've learned that we can, um, we can take care of ourselves better just by, you know, uh, healing ourselves. Uh, so whatever, whatever comes out of that one, I think it's going to influence people to realize that we can, um, take, take better choice, you know, better choices. Uh, why am I getting migraines? What's going on in my life? You know, I'm sure you get these questions all the time you know what 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 why are you putting these uh ailments and and i think it's good that we talk about that i sorry i was muted um i think so too i'm not very fast on my unmute today boy sorry about that <laughs> i'm making it awkward um yeah and and i appreciate that you are that you are covering this these subjects because you're right there's not a lot out there um there's not a lot of super positive stuff out there for you know i mean you get the entertaining mediums right like the um teresa caputo stuff where it's really more entertaining than than the the really uplifting messages and so i love that you're doing the meat and potatoes and and i just i am so appreciative of your work so do you have other projects along these lines that you've done as well? Oh, um, well, I make, I make movies. Um, one of my, uh, I just finished a movie called Sweet Sunshine, and I actually got my daughter to play one of the one of the roles in it, so that was really nice. Uh, I'm, I'm making, uh, you know, feature films. And, um, you know, you just put in my name, uh, Craig McMahon at uh, Amazon, and you could see a lot of the different uh, I've really changed my content uh, to be uplifting, inspiring, you know, and I did do some faith-based films, uh, about five, five faith-based movies, um, but most of them are, are uh, positive, uplifting content. I, I hate to say Hallmark, but, you know, just kind of good messages, because there's a lot of violence on... Um, a lot of the content programming at, 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 at Netflix, there's a lot of violence and I, I you know, I, it sells, it, it makes good money. I've had a lot of people approach me and say, why don't we do a paranormal show? We'll get six, six in there. We'll do some haunted houses, you know, malevolent spirits and all that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the light side of this whole part, which is let's create content because there's a lot of cool stuff happening. I mean, it's just amazing the things. I mean, when I when I was interviewing a medium, and this little kid appeared in front of me, a little child, and I'm like, "There's probably a lot of this happening to people 
because they're just not talking about it, you know? So I'm sure everybody's got some experience. You know, you got your your hair tugged, Karen. You know, you know that's your dad. You know, I mean, these are cool things. I've had my hair tugged a lot. <laughs> I think he has a sense of humor. He he has an incredible sense of humor, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I had my dad. Uh, I have this iron floor delay thing over uh, in a bedroom. And I was, I was wanting to talk to this one particular medium and I was getting all frustrated. And all of a sudden that thing ripped off the wall and flew across the room. And I'm like, I can't even, people are gonna think I'm crazy, but they're there. And a lot of people have these experiences. We're just like, what the heck? Yeah, you know? you're, you're talking to the right people. We don't think you're crazy. <laughs> Right, so that's what I do. I want to build that platform right. and take what we're doing here and bring it to the mainstream instead of hiding in groups. You know, like the, the near-death experience people, they they have a they have groups. You know, it's a real safe place. I I get it. It's sensitive information. I know, but um, it's time. It's time to get it in the mainstream. You know, Hollywood makes a lot of money on the negative. You know. I, I think there's a lot, a lot of stories in the positive. I love the work that you're doing, Craig, and I am happy to hear you're going to do more of it. So thank you very much <laughs> for doing that. Oh, um, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to what you have going on in the future. Um, we are approaching our, the end of the show, unfortunately, but we do a little segment where we ask you to please share one or two or a few of your intentional practices that you do daily or regularly. And so if you wouldn't mind, could you just share a little bit about what type of intentional practices you do? Well, I made a, uh, you know, in my career, I, I make movies and I have scripts, we have screenplays and I'm very anal and I stick to the program. With this spirituality program or series, I decided to take my hands off the self-driving car I spirit this show you're telling me to do it I'm taking my hands off the wheel you're gonna tell me what to do and uh, it's been working fantastic and so now I'm actually communicating with my spirit team more and more so that's what I do is I communicate with my if I have a tough question I'll prompt my spirit team just ask say I need I need an answer to this question. Here it is. Please give me a sign of what, 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 what should I do? And trust that they'll do it. Um, so that's what I do is trust. They're there for you. They are listening to you, but they don't really just go out and give you assistance unless you ask for it. So that's important. Just yeah, that's it. a great tool is to ask and you are the first person who has said just ask i love it well i it works it yeah. works and and um let's get past all that stuff that it's, it's fear and all just trust it and ask yeah. and um i i asked that question why doesn't our team our spirit guides why don't they interfere well we're supposed to do this on our own. We've had an agreement to not be in, you know, like Ter Teresa Caputo, where she 
take the guy at the deli. That's, I mean, really? Yeah. None yeah. of the sites do that stuff. That's, that's one of the code of ethics. You just don't, what do they call it? Spirit bombing or psychic bombing. You know, you don't think, <laughs> because everybody has a light. Everybody has an experience and you don't know. You know, I had one media tell me that she was talking to a woman that her son had died. And she said, Craig, I knew her other son was going to get killed. And I go, well, did you tell her? And she said, no, I, I can't. No, nope. I can't interfere with that. Yep. That would be interfering. Yep. It's like the prime directive in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just totally revealed my inner nerd, didn't I? All right. I, I actually went to a Star Trek convention. My wife bought me tickets. Okay, well then you we speak the same language. So I got, I got to hang out with Worf. <laughs> Are you ready to shamelessly self-promote? Oh uh no, I mean I think I already did it, didn't I? All yeah, but let's do it anyway. Shameless self-promotion corner. Where can people see your stuff? Where can people find you? Uh, well, I do have a, a, a Vimeo on demand uh, for all overseas, and in in the United States, I'm all over Amazon. So you just got to plunk in Craig McMahon. Uh, not all of my content is under Craig McMahon. I actually used a pseudo or Arturo Gavino for some of the content because I started out in uh, you know a rougher part of the business. Got it. I, I actually did horror films. You did yes and uh yeah i made a 180 and started doing faith-based films <laughs> good for you all right yeah. well, thank you so much for coming on um i have i haven't seen the whole series yet but what i've seen i've absolutely enjoyed it's been great to watch and i encourage people to go on to amazon prime and look for life to afterlife it's definitely worth watching. And Craig, thank you so much for being our guest. So we don't know when we're coming back or what we're doing next. This will be up on the, Cheryl? May 15th. That, so this will, so you, people catch, can catch it live and it will actually be posted on the podcast site on the 15th. Right. Great. Thank you so much, Craig. And Michael, as always, thank you. You've done a fabulous job of getting all of our stuff produced. We really dig this. This is so much easier than what we were doing before. I'm happy I can help. <laughs> all right. So uh, that's all we got. Thank you so much, everybody. And um, enjoy the rest of your stay home, stay safe. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you.